And for those who don't know me, my name is Jerry Jacobson. I'm Mike's dad, back in his sound booth. <laughs> and uh, we, my wife, Jan, is straight back the aisle there with uh, Rosalind. Uh, we were missionaries uh, with the Mapuche people in Chile for 10 years. Uh, we went to uh, Costa Rica to learn Spanish, you know, kind of immersion Spanish. Um, we uh, had training in North Carolina, uh, Bible and uh, missionary training, how to survive in the field. And uh, the first thing we did when we, we got there was to um, get to know the Mapuche, who they were, what they believed, um, how they uh, reacted to different things. Um, and uh, so we ended up teaching how to plant churches um, and how to uh, organize children's ministry. So first thing Jan noticed is that when you go to a church, there was the kids were running around all over the place, nobody really controlling them or whatever, and nobody teaching them about uh, Jesus. So she started teaching, uh, you know, anybody that uh, would listen how to uh, work with children. Um, I taught in. Uh, a lot of different venues, sometimes a single church, sometimes multiple churches would come together and then they'd teach uh, church planter training, how to go about planting a church. And um, also uh, in a seminary, um, it was kind of an interesting uh, venue because it was a Pentecostal seminary and I'm more strict uh, biblical, <laughs> Pentecostals, um, they're more spiritual, they think, but but more legalistic as well. So um, here I end up teaching uh, them about Christ, and that was kind of an interesting experience. <laughs> so today I want to talk about, um, we want to open your Bibles, Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 1 through 8. Philippians, interestingly enough, is a missionary newsletter. So it's sort of a model for what a missionary might do to uh, write home to a congregation that's supporting him. So that was, in this case, Paul um, sending thanks to the Philippian church. Um, okay, I'll read. Verse 1 1. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for all. You all, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. For I am confident of this very thing, 
that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. For it is only right for me to feel this way about you all, because I have you in my heart, since both in my imprisonment and in my defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are partakers of grace with me. For God is my witness, how I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. So, Paul starting off his, his letter, as we studied the Mapuche people, um, we had to understand who they thought they were. Um, here we have non-believers, and they have an identity. They've constructed a, an identity from uh, their work, from uh, different things that they do. Um, some of them uh, look around uh, a sexual identity. Sexual uh, thing gives them their identity, their reason, their core reason for living. Um, but here Paul says, no, our identity is given, not made by us. Our identity is who God says we are. And Paul starts off, he says, we're bond servants, we're servants of Christ Jesus. And he says, you all are the saints in Christ Jesus um, in Philippi. So we're servants of Christ, and we are saints in Christ. <laughs> um, there's a lot more, uh, you can talk about identity and other books like Ephesians goes through and, and lists like a lot more of them. But he starts off with, we have a new identity in Christ. We also have a new community in Christ. Um, the church. The most common word in the, the passages that I read is you. <laughs> you is the church in Philippi. The whole church. He didn't just sing, send it to the pastors. He, he kind of included the pastors as a, um, an aside, saying the overseers and deacons. Um, but he's writing to the whole congregation. So you, the church, uh, nine times out of uh, eight verses, you. He has a lot of love, joy, and thanksgiving for the other members of the church. Um, he says, it's only right that I feel this way because of your participation in the gospel, but, but the word participation uh, is really fellowship. It's koinonia. It's a close, personal uh, fellowship. So you have a close, personal fellowship with me in the gospel. And we can see Paul planted this church, and he, um, he'd gone away. He was now in Rome towards the end of his life, and the church was still supporting him, sending him offerings, sending him uh, somebody to bring the offering there and to help out in his ministry. But they were also sharing the gospel in their own 
uh, area because they had grown now. Instead of having the apostles leading the church, they had their own overseers and deacons leading the church. So it was a well-established church. It had grown in leadership and grown in numerically so that they could make a pretty substantial offering to Paul and send it by means of a long, arduous trip to Rome. (laughs) They weren't even close to being able to wire money or do something like we can do. (laughs) So we also, the other, other places in the Bible say we have this koinonia, this friendship with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. Not only among ourselves, but also with the whole Trinity. So that uh, fellowship unites Christians from wherever. I mean, we could walk into a church in the city and in uh, Chile, and we were accepted right away. (laughs) So we had that fellowship without even uh, working for it because it had already been established. We also have a new capacity. Um, It says, uh, God, where is it? He who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ, Christ Jesus. So God is working in us, giving us the capacity uh, to love and to uh, do ministry and and support each other, all that kind of of thing that we are supposed to do. We have that new capacity, God in us. And he said, you are also partakers of grace with him. So we're able, in times of difficult times or whatever, uh, we can uh, pray and God will respond. Uh, The uh, secular people don't have that. Um, they're, they're on their own, basically. They work and they, they do what they can, but when something difficult comes into their lives, they're, like, broken. They can get fired. You know, they build their identity off of a job or uh, something like that. They can very quickly lose what they've built themselves. We can't lose what we have. <laughs> right? Amen? <laughs> We also have a new purpose, the defense and confirmation of the gospel is the way Paul puts it. It's a new purpose for all of us and not just for the leaders of the church. He's talking to every one of you in the congregation. You have a new purpose in Christ. And we also have a new hope. A lot of the secular people don't have hope when trouble hits or, you know, everybody's going to die. Uh, we're, we're all uh, in the same uh, boat there. But the day that Christ comes back, Paul says, the day of Christ Jesus, we'll be risen, we will be with him. So um, that new hope, the new identity, New community, new capacity, new purpose, and new hope. They're all identified here in these passages. (laughs) So 
So the church is something pretty special. And um, my prayer basically is going to follow what Paul says right after that. He begins to pray for him and the, the content of his prayer for the church. And I'm going to pray that way, but I'm going to change the pronouns. I'm going to change instead of you, I'm going to say we. <laughs> so uh, you can do that with scripture to uh, uh, just pray for other people. You're praying the actual words of the Bible. So, okay, we'll pray. In this I pray that our love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment, so that we may approve of the things that are excellent, in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Amen. But I was thankful that I got this opportunity to share once again with you. As the old timers here may know, I've been here before. It's uh, been a long time. And I've seen this great growth that we are experiencing right now. And that brings joy to the heart of one who's been here through some lean times when there were very few old-timers and almost no children. So it's a joy to see the young families beginning family life and getting instructions from God because he set up the family and he made it what it is. And if we follow his guidelines, we, uh, we do well. The scripture that I chose for today, I've been working in a study in Romans, which is described as the greatest book of the New Testament. And when you come to Romans 8, that's described as the greatest chapter in the New Testament. Then when you get to verse 28, we have some truths that we work with. And I've had these, this verse broke down into phrases. And the first one is... And we know. It's important to know what we're reading from Scripture is eternal. 
there are two things that are eternal in this world. One is the word of God. The second one is the souls of mankind. Both will last forever. And here, as we learn what we know, the first thing that comes up is we know that God works. I like that. You know, as one who has worked for a long time, it's, it's important to know that things are happening. Things are getting done. And most of all, God is doing what needs to be done in and through the lives of his people who are called by his name. And we know that God works all things together for good. Now, each thing in itself does not necessarily mean that it is good. But all things work together to accomplish what God wants to accomplish. He's in charge. And it's hard to believe that sometimes when we see a world in such turmoil, as, especially as we are now, both here on the home front uh, with the disease that is interrupting lives, interrupting uh, families, interrupting work. But God will use this to work together with other things that we don't understand. Maybe we haven't even seen it yet, but it's coming. We don't know the future. God does. And that's how he can work together all things. He knows the past, he knows the present, and he knows the future. I think this is very important that we understand that so that we don't lose hope when things are not working out like we think they should. But God will work continually. He has through the ages. Uh, just like when uh, the Israelite nation left Egypt into the wilderness, the people grumbled. I always thought that was fitting, that that be in scripture, because people are grumblers. And... Uh, Hopefully, we're, we're limited with the number of grumblers that were sitting here with us this morning because we're supposed to have the joy and understanding that passes everything else that there is. In all these things, God works together for good. As we, uh, we look forward to the good things that are happening, and that's that hope that we have within us. And, and hope is eternal. It's, it's always with us, and it needs to be a, a strong part of our existence is that we hope. And that's not a hope like I hope so, like they say. It's, it's, it's looking forward to the end of the story 
that God has for us. As uh, physical lives are interrupted by pain and suffering, death, we're not to lose the joy that we have because God is in charge of our lives. So as we, uh, as we continue to work through our time here in, this, uh, in the present that we, we, we live in now, we need especially, I believe, to be united in prayer for both for our, our people here at home that are suffering and definitely for the turmoil that's in the world as uh, different opportunities come and people have suffered greatly because of some of the things that have happened to them. In Afghanistan right now, China in the past, uh, each, each war has its destruction of a nation that seems like that's the end of times. And I, I remember reading about World War II that the Germans sure thought that was the end of times when the Jewish people were disappearing every day and nobody ever seeing them again. But the world continues and God has used that so that it doesn't happen again. Let's, uh, let's continue in prayer as, we, as our hearts are, are tendered, especially today as, as uh, we meet together. And it, it's been called for a day of prayer for the, the suffering and the uh, destruction of families and, and communities in Afghanistan as the, uh, as the rebels take over once again. So I'm, I'd like to use this time to uh, close in some corporate prayer. So that means as, as God leads you if, you, if you just stand up where you are, your voice is heard a lot better if you just stand up in the pew and in a clear voice, reach out to God and ask him for the desires of your heart that you can direct your life the way he desires for you to go. So I'll start in prayer, and then I'll sit back here. Jim's got a stool back here for me. And we'll just, uh, as the Spirit leads you, please stand up and pray for what's most important on your heart today. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for today, for the opportunities that you bring to us because we are your people. And we know that you work together all things for good. Father, as we struggle with unknown futures for loved ones, for nations, for congregations of believers, for those who are suffering for your name's sake, Father, be with them especially today. Watch over them, guard and protect them. And we just thank you, Father, for how you will bring this all to your glory. Thank you, Father. 
It's in the name of Jesus, your Son, our Savior and Redeemer, we pray. and we have this great salvation that you have given us and Lord I just I want to pray for my own family and for the families and the friends and the co-workers of every person in this congregation who's uh, who did, uh, is, is hard and close on our hearts to pray for because of their lack of of salvation in their lives, Lord. We pray that, that Holy Spirit, that you will just uh, impress on their minds their need for uh, something permanent in their lives and that you are yet help them to bring back, to, uh, help them to uh, understand uh, some of the words that have been told them over the years and some, th some of the scripture that they may have read and some, some of those sermons that they may have heard that point to you, Lord, and the truth of the gospel. And we pray that they will uh, 
open their hearts to you. And thank you, Lord, that you do hear and you do answer our prayers. And I want to pray for the missionaries and the indigenous people all over the world who are Christian, who are trying to witness in hard places. And that includes Afghanistan and so many, many countries throughout the world. And Lord, I bring, uh, hold them up to give them the hope and the peace and the comfort that they need through your Holy Spirit to help them to continue to witness even though it is a hard place. Thank you, Lord, for loving us and taking care of us. And thank you for this congregation, which is so dear. In Jesus' name I pray. Transform us and make us. 
Make it so, Father. Hear our prayer. Hear those who call on you this day. May it be to your glory, too. In the name of Jesus.
In the quietness of our heart, we lift you, Lord. We thank you for all that you have done in our lives. We thank you for what you are yet to do in our lives. And we just give you the honor and the glory. Father, help us serve you better in the future than we have in the past. Help us to tell others the wonderful news that Jesus saves. He loves us. He wants for us to spend eternity with him in the house that he is preparing for us. So, Father, as we continue our day, continue our week, Father, help us in our hearts to be mindful of what you are doing and how you Desire to show others the love that you have for each person who will come to you and declare that you are Lord. Thank you, Father, for this time together. And as we continue walking from here, serving you, bless us, Father. Help us to know how you desire for us to work and help us to have the strength to do what you call us to do. Father, we thank you now for each one here, each one of our family members that couldn't be here. And Father, we just desire always to praise you for the great, glorious, loving God that you are. Father, thank you. It's in the name of your Son, Jesus, that we pray. Amen and amen. As King David's reign came, was coming to an end, um, and he was seeking to follow the Lord and passing on that responsibility to his son Solomon, there was also a... Um, to be a construction of the temple for God. And David prayed for, um, for that, prayed for his son, Solomon. And I, I want to just pray, lead us in prayer, David's prayer, as we give thanks to him for all that he has done, for all that he is doing, and for all that he is yet to do. Um, before I do that, I just want to say thank you to to all of you in the church, your prayers, those who have shared today, and for the singing, uh, you've ministered to my soul as well today. Would you bow your heads with me as I close in prayer? This is the prayer of David. Blessed are you, O Lord, 
the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, O God, and praise your glorious name. But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able thus to offer willingly? For all things come from you, and of your own we have given you. For we are strangers before you, and sojourners as all our fathers were. Our days on the earth are like a shadow, and there is no abiding. O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things, and now I have seen your people who are present here, offering freely and joyously to you. O Lord, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Israel, our fathers, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts toward you. Grant our children a whole heart that they may keep your commandments and your testimonies and your statutes, performing all, that they may continue to build your place for your glory. Bless the Lord our God, in whose name we pray. Amen. 